Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. Well, I'm here with Will Harris today. Just met him today. We are at uh, VIR, Virginia International Raceway. And um, Will, you, you've got a lot of people here with you, don't you? Yeah, we uh, have a group of us. Usually it's about nine to 10 yeah. that come with. Sometimes it's more depending on the event that we're at. But uh, yeah, we have a pretty tight-knit little group. So tell me a little bit about your world right now. What do you do? Um, and how you how are you involved in different race aspects? Okay, so um, we have a couple of things. Uh, over the last few years, I am currently the president of the Peachtree uh, BMW CCA chapter. Um, have been there for about two to three years in that role. Previous to that, I was a couple more years of vice president and so on and on as, as it went. But I've been actively with BMW since right now about 2008. 12, been on board serving different, uh, you know, just different positions uh, since 2014. And um, have literally, you know, over, over the last seven to 10 years, just really got a lot of, you know, input to it. So yeah. it's, a, it's work. It's like a whole separate job <laughs> outside of our current job. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we really enjoy it. And right now um, I spend most of my time club racing. So outside of running the chapter, we uh, in my whole little you know group that we work with here are all actively and have been you know club racing. Some of them been club racing for twenty plus years. I've actually been. This is uh, going into my fourth year. Okay. So uh, my specialty with a lot of it is I, I most people know me due to the fact that I race uh, Z fours. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a. Uh, is one of those things that I get just as people today come up because I do a lot of stuff online. Just uh, we've got some pretty significant builds we've done over the period, and uh, I've tried just about everything you possibly can with those cars. So, but outside of that, I mean that that's uh, been really where the art, like my key focus has been uh, outside of my regular job. Yes, you know, we're in technology, so that's uh, we're lucky enough to have the freedom to. To be able to do all this, yeah, uh, alongside with our work. So where where are you from? Uh, originally from Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, I've lived in uh, Tampa. Uh, went to school down there, uh, as well as I spent uh, quite a few years out in Las Vegas, as well. Um, but hometown has been Atlanta ever since I was a kid, pretty much, and uh, that's where that's you know where we are now. So, Road Atlanta is your home track, I imagine. It is. It is. Well, it still is one of my favorite tracks. And as we kind of expand to go out to different ones, and that was probably one of the, the you know the first places I started. And we travel. We like to go out to Barber. We like to go uh, CMP. 
Um, VIR has definitely always been one of the, the favorites. I wish our races here were a little longer. It's a more like a big sprint race here. Mm. Um, I've actually gotten more comfortable, and I like to do the endurance races. Uh, okay. We'll be doing WRL this year uh, at uh, Road Atlanta in July. It'll be the first test for this Z4 that we're in right now, which is our endurance car. So, so it, it, how long of a race is that one? So uh, WRL is really split up into two days. So it's uh, nine hours on Saturday and seven hours on Sunday. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit of a different type of format, but uh, it it's usually you'll have between three to four drivers. Three drivers really gives you enough a lot of drive time. Yeah. And it also allows you to to get consistency uh, with your groups. But uh, you know, with that, we'll be in a class called GP1. Uh, GP1 is literally like a, it's 10.5 to 1 horsepower to weight ratio where it's at. Most of the cars there that you'll see are going to be, um, the top guys that have been running are all running like 330s with S54 swaps, things like that. They're using the M motors in those and uh, been running pretty consistently. It, it'll be interesting with this one because we run an N52 engine, so we get the same horsepower uh, and the torque ranges are a little different, things like that, but it's going to be a true test for this car. So, but this is the first endurance you've been, you've done? Or no, not? we've done a lot of champ stuff in the past. Okay. So, I don't know if you, you've seen the Super 7 out there. Mm -hmm. uh, that big, uh, actually, the first one I ever did was at Road Atlanta, and it was in the, it was literally being birthed by fire uh, due to the fact that it was snowing, raining, and my first time ever driving at night. So uh, I literally, first time, like I said, going out and driving in this, uh, we were, I, I started, it was the first night stint, and it was snowing across the front where you could not even see people coming over the turn 12 and coming down. You couldn't even see the car. All, it would take a while for you to even see the lights. It was snowing so hard on the front. And then in the back, it would uh, start sleeting, and then you ran into a deep fog in turn seven coming in where you could not see. And uh, I always uh, explain it as it was literally like American gladiators in a car. You just see people just going off left and right and accidents, but it was, it was interesting. I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was uh, definitely a test of nerves. So that's interesting. It's, it's those conditions at night, what, I mean, is there, if you're going to tell somebody who's never driven at night, what would, what would be your piece of information? For Don't that? drive in the snow, sleet, and fall. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, racing at night is, it's not as fast sometimes. It, it, it depends. Um, like when you see a lot of the, the bigger races that are going and those guys are at night, it becomes muscle memory a lot with a lot of the, you know, um, the track itself. Once you start going and you get 20, 30 laps into it, 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 it becomes almost muscle memory mm -hmm. of where it is. And it's really about navigating around the other people. When you have multi-class racing, uh, situational awareness is like the key. Um, knowing not just who's out there and who's around you, but what other classes you're going up against. Uh, this weekend is going to be really interesting, um, just due to the fact that there's a lot of higher class, so you have a lot, this is probably the largest mod class that I've seen, where there's 
13 cars registered for this weekend, mm -hmm. but there's also the M2 spec class now, which again, these are 450 horsepower cars. There's 10 of them. There's B mod, which are all um, like V8s and stuff. So those are uh, big engine cars as well. Even to the fact of having the Z4 GT3 car out here in super mod, uh, which is 550 horsepower. <laughs> so uh, driving in a car that's like mine is 250 to the wheel on the endurance car, um, you have to be very careful about these guys because they're coming up fast. Yeah. And uh, depending on where they are and how, and, and it's almost as if, and I was explaining to one of the newer drivers today, I said, just be glad. I said, my worst fear is always is to be in a double yellow and catching up to the back of the pack and being having a swarm of Specky 46s behind you. Because as soon as it goes green, these guys are sending it and you can't go forward. You can't do anything and they're hitting you on both sides. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, to your point at, at night, uh, I would say, you know, again, it's just the awareness is always the key, night or day, but at night you can't really see yeah. who's coming around you sometimes. And depending on what track it is, it, it can be really dark. Um, CMP is the, it's black. So all you have is what's in front of you. And by the you, time you see somebody, it's... <laughs> yeah, you better know the track too. I mean... Right. Um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you said four years racing? Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you've been involved in the racing world longer than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been, uh, I have had probably every kind of car you can think of uh, growing up and since going back 20 plus years. I mean, I started at just doing, you know, the high performance driving schools. And uh, I've done them with Ferrari. I've done them with, you know, Porsche. I had a Lamborghini that I took out there. Um, and it, it's always funny because people always ask, they're like, well, with all of that experience in those cars, what brought you back to BMW? And uh, to tell you the truth of people. So it is when I finally got here, it was, it, it's like there's different attitudes and cultures around different class or different groups. Yep. Uh, but BMW was one of the first ones that I saw that where I really was like, wow, this is... Um, this is something different. It's very open. Everybody, I, I always tell new people, I said, there's an entry point for everybody. And when you have that, you have a more of a community mm -hmm. style. So you have guys and they, they've had the E30s, they've had the E36s, they went the E46s. And it, so you have this, just a wealth of knowledge of what's going on. And, and the cars are just, they're, there's, they, in my opinion, out of all the ones that are out there, when it comes to like this type of racing, they are some of the best that, uh, from a touring car spec, I mean, I, I would always say BMW has always been in the top. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, they, as I told you, you know, previously, you know, David Harrison was the one that kind of got me hooked in to this whole <laughs> he said He said he reeled some people in. Oh, he said. reeled me in, hook, line, and sinker. And, uh, all the way from going to, hey, just coming in and, hey, I want you to do some stuff to my car to uh, getting me onto the board. Uh, you know, once I went into, he always laughs. He's like, you know, I, I, how many people do you bring in where you bring in a guy who's uh, all of a sudden he's got, he's built probably four race cars. <laughs> um, I've turned around and uh, 
you know, I made a deal with them as we kept traveling and learning more. It's like uh, I bought a tour bus from an old church group <laughs> that was big enough. It was a monstrosity, but it, it's fun for us because it makes it uh, uh, allows us all to travel and mm -hmm. stay in it, and it saves yeah. us a little bit of money here and there. But we uh, we actually use that at uh, Petit Le as well. Okay. Um, so it, it's a great place to watch. Uh, we actually have most of the uh, we have like major race teams that sit up top because we are sitting right at like turn three, so we can see everything. And yeah. that thing is so tall; it's 13 feet tall. <laughs> so it serves its purpose here. I yeah. always thought it's like that. That uh, for us, it, it works great for this. So uh, we don't care. All the dogs are on there and everywhere else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he got me in and. Uh, and it literally, it's, it's something that I kind of, I will say, fell in love with from the point of when you work a lot, and I'm not one of those people that I can just turn work off, mm -hmm. um, but when I get in the car, it's 100% focus. Yeah. And it's the, probably the only thing I've ever done that has allowed me to just focus in like that and push everything else outside. And uh, it's got a little, it's became addictive. I mean, it, it's... Um, definitely been a, a a part of my life that I really enjoy I'm lucky enough that the uh, the wife enjoy allows me <laughs> to do this <laughs> yeah um, and she understands so you know she says do your thing is she, uh, she not gonna race no <laughs> she's I brought her down I think I ruined it when I brought her down to Roebling Road one summer uh, early uh, we didn't have any air conditioning or anything. It was 90 plus degrees out there. Okay. And she sat out there for a little while and then asked me to go back to the hotel. <laughs> but she goes, I'll never ask again to go. <laughs> she goes, I don't mind. I just said, uh, uh, you know. So. That's funny. Yeah. Well, so with four years of racing, um, tell me a little bit. Well, first of all, you talked a little bit about your car that you drive. Mm -hmm. um, is that the only car you've raced? Uh, no, I also raced Spec E46 at one time. That was the first car I built. Okay. Uh, it was a spec E46 car. And, uh, I, I, you know, that class has gotten so big. And um, it was uh, kind of crazy. I came up at a point, I didn't know what I was doing with work. So I was like, ah, I, it, there were so many people. There was too many people buying and not enough builders. And somebody came and offered me a stupid amount of money for it. So I was like, sure, yeah, <laughs> take it. And it just so happened that uh, during COVID, Somebody else came to me and they were like, hey, Will, I, I've got a, you know, my, my 3.0 and I'm wanting to sell it. And uh, I offered him a, a very discounted price and he took it. So I took that um, and then started building it out. And uh, my other car, which uh, my street Z4 that I had for quite a few years, I've had it since I moved here to Atlanta. Um, I started, uh, went through a couple of reiterations of that car, and once I started racing, I was just like, I'm going to convert that car over, because it had been modified it out to a point to where it was just not very street friendly. Yeah. It was almost embarrassing. People <laughs> loved it, but I was embarrassed because it was just loud. Um, and, I, you know, I'm 51 years old, so it's like, there comes a point where it's like, I don't want to draw that kind of attention out on the street. And I can't really drive it anywhere on the street. So, you know, converting it to a race car, uh, 
was kind of a slippery slope, but the that car is the one that I'm really kind of waiting to get out here. Cool. Um, it is the only it is the uh, only touring car, a Z4 E86 model, which is a 2007, 2006, 2008. Um, but that car is the only touring car um, here in the United States. And then, uh, I also own the last unbuilt chassis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked up from TC Klein a, a few years back. So it is the uh, only chassis. There's one more, I think, that somebody had. It went in the museum. But, uh, yeah, it, it is the only chassis that has a part number to it. It's never... And so I have that one as well that I'm planning on doing something with. Like so, but yeah, the mod car is the one I'm really... It's actually got a, a, a DCT transmission in it okay so we got a lot of modern stuff mixed in with it uh to compete in the mod classes so what about um i've always asked somebody about their either like what's the most agonizing loss or most heartbreaking moment for you racing well most people it's going to be that first big accident of of having because we put so much work into these cars yeah. and it's work of maintaining and, and doing things of that sort and luckily to tell you the truth uh i've only had one accident uh, where i thought it was going to be worse than it was and um somebody had spun out and turned uh two i actually turned three up at road atlanta and came out turn four backwards and i just as soon as I saw him spin, I laid into it, and as I was coming around, he was rolling backwards, and we barely missed each other, but I went into the wall. Mm -hmm. So I had a choice. I could have T-boned him, or I could have, you know, it was either either way. So I, I hit the wall over on that side, uh, but luckily enough, it was not, uh, knock on wood, I have not had any, like, really bad uh, experiences uh, when it comes to that or from a loss Good. So uh, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, I've been very fortunate, I have to say. I, you know, I've had some good teachers. Um, you know, I've taken a lot, did a lot of, uh, did some coaching with uh, Mike Skeen, who, it, it's, uh, I try to be like a sponge when it comes to, to do, but also put into practice uh, when he has. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to get better unless you're sitting in the, are. you got to be afraid you can't i will say when i the first time i started racing and i try to compare to people it's if you just go into hpds and you're starting out in the very beginning you're in what's called kind of like a c c class every time you move up to a different class it's b's allow you to pass with people and do things and when you get into a and advanced series you think you're doing well and all this and then i always tell people i said well try race school one time and race school can be very intimidating for people because now you're going door to door, you're getting very close, you're not giving people room, uh, you're wanting to tighten things up. And, and that's probably the hardest thing to overcome with people is understanding that, listen, I can reach out my window and touch this guy or uh, what is, is he going to hit me or not? And people panic uh, in that part of the process. Um, the one thing that was, that I've been, you know, really fortunate about learning through a lot of it is that there's a common understanding and respect for what you should do and shouldn't do. doesn't mean people aren't going to do what they're not supposed to do. But if I'm door to door with somebody, I know when to come out, when to go in. I know how much room to give him. 
and he knows where I'm at. And if, you know, when you see a lot of accidents, there was one here not too long ago, it was really bad, uh, a couple weeks back. Um, and the guy that was in front did not, was not looking in his mirror. Uh, and he was trying to get around somebody in front of him. And what he didn't understand is, is the other guy was just out of his line of sight, mm -hmm. and he moved forward to get up next to him and, because he was stuck on the inside, and he didn't see him. It hit him, and the guy went head on right into uh, the wall up there. And it's like that's the little things. It's like you you don't really know who's in front of you, and you don't know what's going on. But staying in somebody's line side of you and in moving them uh, is a big key factor. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, it, it's some people can overcome it, some can't. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. one of our group that, that was in race school and, and a guy hit her. I mean, blindsided hit her and she's had a, never been able to overcome that to come back. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, uh, it, you learn a lot. It's, it's always learning, but you, if, if you have to, you're not willing to understand that there's going to be risk and loss involved in it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I know it's, and it's different for every class and every car. Um, like when I go out and race, I kind of think, look, I, I probably shouldn't be doing this unless I could pay for another car. Because, I mean, you could burn the thing to the ground. You can. I mean, it, there's two things that always that people think about is safety. Mm -hmm. Is, am I going to get hurt? Whatever. These cars are pretty solid yeah. now. And I, try, I explain that to my wife. I said, no, you have to understand. These cars are the safety equipment, everything that's in them. The chances of you getting, like, really hurt um, if the car's safety is up to spec the way it's supposed to, it's very, I mean, it's, it, you've got worse chance of really getting hurt out on the highway than you do inside one of these cars. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, it, it's usually, it's not the things that you can think about that if, if you've got that in the back of your mind to where you're worried about if this car, if I wreck this car, oh, I'm never going to be able to recover from it. I'm out the money and whatever. You probably shouldn't. Do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just. You know, we've seen enough things where these little accidents, and I do a lot of work myself, but our whole crew, it's like when something happens, we all jump in on it. We try to look at it. Um, I've gotten comfortable with it. So, and then I will say the better of a driver you get, the less of those kind of issues that you really have to worry about. You know how to react with the car. It, it's always, when you get to a certain point, I think it's more about what other people you'll have somebody do something that's totally out of your control. Yeah. And like I said, when I, I avoided an accident and still had an accident, but I didn't hit another guy's car, and mine would have been a little bit of damage versus a, a ton of damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, um, we talked about maybe 
um, anything other than agonizing, but have you ever really had an incredible win or a race that's super oh, yeah. memorable? Oh yeah. Um, to tell you the truth, uh, uh, there's there's two things. We were down at Road Atlanta, uh, at Roebling Road, um, not to uh, it was in December, same chapter, and uh, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know what was going on that weekend, but uh, I was running against all mod cars and. Um, I almost podiumed overall. I podiumed each time in my class in one of those classes, but the most satisfaction of it was is that I was carrying speeds that were as fast as them. And I mean that uh, that was a, that was a just a great feeling because it's like I'm not worried about the ones that my car is is one of those cars. This one is that is placed to where it's like. I'm faster than half the group, and then the rest of the group in front of me is usually going to be higher power. You know, these guys have got 100 horsepower plus on me. Mm -hmm. But when you can outdrive them, that's the, that, that is by far one of the most satisfying things, to, to go out there with a car that's 100 horsepower less and win. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the only other time I did that that I was really happy with, I got a pole position uh, in, in the rain. Great equalizer. Um, yeah, all the high horsepower cars, I, I won a first overall at Roebling in the rain, and it was pouring down, and uh, thank God uh, Hoosier Wets. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I talked to um, David earlier, and he was telling me a story about uh, a race in the wet, and um, Hoosier Wets is... Uh, what, what did it for him as well? He, I mean, it, it's just, it, it is the equalizer. <laughs> because all of these high horsepower cars, uh, the M2s, the, it, it's, they're not good in the water. Yeah. Right? When it gets wet out, and uh, it's funny because these cars, it's almost like power doesn't give you any advantage because uh, you're not going to use it. And if you can't keep, the, you know, the car's grip, together then you know you're, you're just not gonna do it and most of these guys they just have a they have a hard time um but yeah i, I saw david one time I, he played he was overall podium one time in the rain i think it was at cmp <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it was raining heavy uh and yeah the speeds weren't like incredible yeah. but uh, the, the car again it's like uh, sometimes not having a lot of power works to your benefit so you mentioned probably the thing that has kept you most engaged is maybe the, the people aspect. It really is. The community side of it has been just we're all friends. We A lot of us work together. Um, we, you know, spend a lot of time together. Um, we, we pretty much do everything. It, it's a joint effort. So it, it's not like one of these things where these guys just pull up and they're by themselves and they're doing whatever. Because stuff's going to happen out here. Um, and, you know, if you've got people that are over here that are willing to chip in, willing to help, I mean, that to me is, is what, makes the, what makes it fun. Because you can imagine, I mean, you show up to track, you're by yourself. Something happens with the car, you don't know what it has. You know, it could be something stupid. Uh, but you're there. You're kind of stuck with yourself. So what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, in this case, it's like, we got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. And you don't feel like you're alone. And uh, that is what's really kind of kept me in it. And, uh, and, and it is. The people are all... It, it's, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Uh, at Petit Le Mans about two years ago, um, 
120,000 people out there in an EMSA event. Uh, and I was talking to, because we had our corral over there, I was talking to one of the security people. And I said, well, have you had any problems? He goes, nope. He goes, the only thing we've had is we had to get some kids who stole some pumpkins off somebody's thing. And I'm like, how many places do you know where you can go in, a, in just an environment? 120,000 people and no issues. No issues, no rest, no nothing like that. Just everybody out there and enjoying it. And that, I mean, to me, that, that's what it should be about. I mean, it, it's, everybody is there and they love, they're sharing one thing, they, they love the sport. You got the participants who love it, you got the guys that are in it. Um, uh, when you look at these teams, they're very, it's like a family. And, uh, and the competitiveness is just, yeah. That to me is probably one of the biggest drivers. At, at my age, it's like there's not a lot of things you can do. You can play sports and do whatever, but there's, to get, back into that competitive edge of something where it's just you, you know, That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm also 51, by okay. the way. So I totally know what you mean yeah. about that. And um, yeah, for me, um, just the competitive drive is, is like, it's what brings me joy. If I think about the different parts of my life where I, I'm so happy I'm crying, it had something to do with some sort of com competition or a win or something like that. And um, I found that for racing, you don't need to be on the podium every time, but man, if you could drop your time, you know, that is, that is a big deal. And, and that's, I look at that at every, so, you know, we have recordings of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the racers, we all upload our stuff, you know, for our own personal self, but also it, it's to help people understand what's happening or what's going on or what, how does that person take this line, whatever it might be. Um, when I'm working out in the morning, usually it's like, we'll have a TV going, I'll have it on YouTube and I will go and I'll look at Mike's scheme or I'll look at, you know, any of the other pro drivers or just even at all levels. So when you look at the CCA guys and you're like, listen, these are the, some of the top guys that are out there and you watch what they're doing. Uh, learning racecraft, I think, is, is a never-ending thing up there because it's a chess bar, chessboard of multiple pieces moving at multiple times. So you're constantly learning about the people that are out there with you, but also all those little things of how to navigate, you know, through a process. And and, you, and you're right. I mean, it, it's when you think about to complete a race and do well is. You know, getting a podium is awesome. There's no better feeling than that to know that all the work. Uh, I heard somebody was like, they made a statement one day. They said, um, it's 10 hours of work for 10 minutes on track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just at the prep work. And, and, and I say that is 100% true because, I mean, we are, it's like if I'm not, if I'm not doing anything, then that's what I'm, I'm figuring out what else can we do in the car? How are we going to make the car better? What are we going to do uh, to make it perform a little bit more? Because the the once you reach a certain point, it's the smallest, minute things that make changes. Yeah. Um, and, and it is. You are constantly, you're chasing your own time. Yeah. <laughs> well, if somebody wanted to get started mm -hmm. with racing, how would you suggest for people to, to kind of dip their toes in to get started? So there, there's two different thoughts I have about that. I always try to explain to, to people that if you want to get into racing and you've been driving, you've got to have a little bit of experience. Um, don't go out and buy a $150,000 race car. 
Um, start in a class. Pick a class that, uh, for example, I'll tell you, our Spec E36 class, to me, I probably hold some of the highest regard. If I was an entry person and there was a guy who was, or, or a woman who wanted to get in, um, I would say go into that class. The reason is, is entry point is, you know, nominal. Mm-hmm. Um, you can literally get a, a great speed spec E36 car for fifteen dollars to $20,000. Um, but it's also not enough, it's enough power. Um, when I first started building my CMOD car, David uh, was always, that's a lot of power. That's a, that car is because I had it out there when it was in street before. And, uh, and it was like 390 horsepower to the wheel. <laughs> so it was like, he's like, when you take all that weight out, you get that right. He goes, he was always very concerned. He says, man, he goes, that, that's just, that's like a lot of power, a lot of speed, what's going on. And that's why I bought the, uh, the, the 3.0 SI and, and started racing with that one. And he was 100% right because it makes me work harder. It makes me learn how to, you know, more, more momentum driving. Yeah. Uh, the e, Spec E36 class is perfect for that. You're in a car that's got decent power. Um, it's a, a pretty cheap entry point, And it will teach you the class of drivers that are in that. And I don't think that most people think about that now you'll hear a lot of the guys they see the entry point into spec e46 and they're like hey i'm going to go into that class and i'm like as a rookie i would not suggest that not because the car but because of the competitiveness of the drivers in that class yeah it is so competitive the cars are equal i mean pretty much it's but there are you can have a car that's 30 grand and a car that's 80 grand and they're all racing together, but the horsepower and everything is pretty much the same. It's just such a competitive class, and, and most of the guys that are in there came out of the Spec E30 groups, and they've worked their way up through the years. Um, and and every time I see a, a guy in a class, a new one, he's like, hey, he's, he bought the car, he's done the whole thing, and he wants to go into that class, I kind of cringe, because I'm like, I don't, it has nothing to do with the car. It's all about what level are you as a driver and how do you cope with that kind of... Those guys are the top. Usually, if you look at a class like this weekend, there's 40 cars. Well, I think there's 38, but it, you, got a, you have a big class, and uh, it's split in half. So you don't want to be too slow because that's just as dangerous mm-hmm. as being on the edge. Um, because when those guys catch back up with you, it, it, it can be very intimidating. Um, so, I mean, if, if I, again, just trying to, you know, somebody wants to get in, that to me is the perfect entry point as of today. Yeah. Uh, might change. Um, one of our other guys is going into the E90 class, the spec E90. So the four doors, 328s, where they've done it. That's another great car. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I'm hoping that that's going to be the next good spec class. Uh, just because the cars are pretty solid and proven. Yep. But uh, they're a little faster. <laughs> Good. You're, you're talking about 20, probably 25 more horsepower than a Spec E46. Cost is about the same as a Spec E46. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's easing into the water. Tipping your toe into the water is, is 
more of a, uh, I would suggest that, and try to guide people towards that, yeah. and then see if they like it, because it, you might get in and say, ah, racing, and I've seen it multiple times. They get in, somebody bumps them one time, they don't know, that, you know, they don't feel comfortable, uh, and they they just, it, it, they have a hard time adjusting. Is is there a, is there a, a arrive and drive? Top setup for anybody here, or um, pretty much everyone owns their own car? No, there are there are a lot of guys. You can rent pretty much any kind of car you want to come out here. You have to have a race license. Yep. So as long as you went through school, uh, there's a number of guys that will rent you anything from a, an E30 uh, all the way up to uh, an M2. Um, you know, it, it's again, it's where are you at, at the level of, of your driving? Yep. Everybody uh, wants to have that fastest car that's out there. That's just people in general that are competitive. And, yeah. What car do I want to get? I'm going to get this car. Well, uh, again, it's the the expenses associated with those cars. Uh, if you make a mistake, are, are really high. Yeah. And, I mean, saw out there today. I mean, it was a coach wrecked a customer's car. Oh gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know it was I knew it was wrecked. But I didn't know it was, it was a coach who was out there testing his uh, yeah his, oh. his customer's car and had an accident. I mean it, it's just uh, you know usually the coaches and the pro drivers they're 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 trained to drive at the limit. Yeah. So they're trying to find out what that limit is. Yeah. And um, if you in turn, you know, an accident can happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it does become uh, one of those things that if you're going to arrive and drive, I would uh, just understand there's no insurance. So no. if you wreck, you're, you're out. That's right. And it, it, not even your fault, right? Right. Somebody else hits you. You're driving that car, you're responsible. Right. And, and I would... Again, it's like if you're going to do that, if you've never, I wouldn't say as a rookie, rent a car, arrive and drive. Usually what you'll see are guys that something's happened with their other car and they're yeah. doing something like that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. The family aspect is true because within 30 minutes of arriving here, knowing like maybe one person, <laughs> I've met like four or five people already, so it's been fantastic. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Um, and is there anything else you would like to, you know, for anyone listening to this, is there anything you would like to promote or to talk about that you want people to check out? And maybe not, but I just want to offer that up. Uh, you know, we're always, the, the fastest growing part of BMW CCA and why most people, you know, join the CCA versus, you know, PCA. We have so many Porsche drivers, everybody else who comes in, is if you want to get in that competitive you know, driving, or you just want to, you want, we have some of the best coaches out there, and that's, that's outside of, you know, NASA, everybody is over there, you'll see that uh, CCA drivers, or CCA, you know, instructors, are some of the most well-taught guys out there, and they highly recommend and, and do that for everybody. Um, I want to see more people out here, I love seeing the amount of women that are now entering into yeah. the, I mean, it, it, nothing makes me feel more joy into watching them get out and just not, I don't know what I'm talking about, just competing, but competing at a level that it just, it just shows and proves a point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christine is a good point to that. I mean, she's an aggressive driver and she doesn't care. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, it, 
that to me is, uh, if I could, you know, have just people, getting more people into the sport. I mean, we've grown the amount of licensed racers into CCA. It's grown year after year. It's probably one of the fastest growing parts of the club. Yeah. So, well, we want, we'd love to have more people out here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate all your time. Pleasure talking to you. We'll get you taken care of. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. It's great. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, driventocompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.